this is the Loy Logic Podcast, where we help make sense of the biggest challenges facing loyalty program leaders today. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Austin Clark. And if you think that ownership of assets is important, then kind of building a community around the individual ownership of, that the customer has is an interesting idea. Those are the words of Rob Clements, our lead consultant at Lloyd Logic, who is backed by popular demand following the success of our earlier episode that discussed how loyalty program owners can effectively measure and demonstrate loyalty program value and shift thinking away from risk and move it on to opportunity. In this episode, Rob will focus on all things to do with the undoubtedly hot topic of Web3. So Rob, it's great to have you back in the studio. Thank you, Austin. Very happy to be here. Great stuff. So what have you been up to since we last spoke? Uh, yeah, I've been quite busy, actually. So great to be back in business travel mode again. Great to be in our HQ in Zurich um, and also traveling to Geneva for the first time as well, meeting some some clients. So very busy on the work front and also a bit of personal time to enjoy parts of Switzerland I've not seen before. Great stuff. So for this conversation, I want to pick up on, on one of the topics that, that I know you're passionate and knowledgeable about yes. and, and that's web three i've been waiting for it austin <laughs> great stuff that's what i like to hear so to kick off what piqued your interest in it and and kind of what's your journey with the the technology so far so i guess it started originally from listening to a podcast from wired about this kind of blockchain technology and bitcoin um, but first it was really seeing what they were doing on reddit with dogecoin it was used as a as a currency for incentivizing and rewarding people who are making really good posts. And at that point, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to you know create a currency that rewards people in that way? And I know nowadays people will see Doge as a, a meme coin and a, and a joke, um, and largely you know it is. But actually, the original reason why it was created was actually to reward those participants and incentivize that behavior, which I think was particularly interesting. And then I guess more recently in like 2021, I guess the growth of NFTs, seeing the likes of people being able to generate, you know, a lot of interest and ultimately set, find a, a vehicle for selling his art through NFTs was a particularly interesting moment for me. And that really just started my own journey into collecting digital art and in particular a stream called generative art and then seeing how the communities kind of sprung up around that and recognizing that actually it's not really too dissimilar from the communities that spring up around brands and loyalty programs and i guess over the last couple of years you've seen how kind of that's caught on and people are now doing some tests in that space brilliant that's all great and, and you have touched on it there but, but why is this important to loyalty so i think the important element is really that this is around generating interest and building communities and brand and that's kind of what loyalty programs are about so you know i don't think that it's that really the fundamentals are different of the things you're trying to achieve it's just you have a slightly different technology and a way of doing it and i guess at first that sounds a little bit like a well you know why use this technology why not just use the existing technology and i think in a lot of cases, that's a, a fair argument. I do think you need to justify why you would want to use blockchain technology for any of these things you're doing. But I do think there are certain concepts within it, and one in particular that I think is a really interesting, you know, maybe another mind shift for you to, to think about is what does ownership mean 
we often think that we have ownership of our assets, whether that be the money in your bank. But the reality is that that is actually held by a more centralized authority. That bank really governs the permission that you have to that asset, to that money. But in general, I think you having a, a wallet that contains your digital assets and being able to transfer them, it's that sort of mind shift rather than you kind of relying on a more centralized authority. And of course, for loyalty programs, people would consider them as, as potentially banks as well. So it's a, an interesting new dynamic. And if you think that ownership of assets is important, then kind of building a community around the individual ownership of, that the customer has is an interesting idea. So what does that mean practically for programs? Uh, are there any real-world examples of Web3 that you can share? There's a lot of interest around the ability to create communities around these assets that are created. And I don't know whether the community comes first or actually whether the asset comes first. It's hard to work that out. I think it's a you can generate an asset that has value and communities flock towards it or actually you have an existing community and then you generate a new asset for that community. It kind of can be it can work in both of those ways. But certainly, you know, for programs and for brands, we're seeing that they will release a maybe an art-focused NFT or something that relates specifically to their brand and for their most loyal customers, you know, they see that there's a value in that. So I think, you know, some of the use cases that we're seeing at the moment or have been particularly popular is the generation of new let's say, intellectual property. And maybe that is monkey pictures, <laughs> whatever those, those new digital assets can be. But ultimately, you know, there is value attached to some of those. And maybe it's that they unlock experiences. Maybe they operate like a membership program. Maybe there's a game that's, um, that leverages those different digital assets being collected or held together in a single wallet. So I think those, those kind of elements are things that we're seeing programs start to get comfortable with and the different programs are probably thinking about it based on you know the level of innovation or risk appetite that they have as well you've seen the likes of starbucks odyssey um that's kind of moved quite early into the space they adopted some of the the principles of web3 but i think a little bit more of a controlled environment it's actually still in beta and it it's a little bit more, let's say, Web 2.5 than, than Web 3, in my opinion. It doesn't fully have a an open marketplace where you can kind of trade these assets. Um, it's a, yeah, a little bit more closed. A little bit safe. Yeah, I, safe. But, you know, maybe that is the right step for, for brands that potentially have a lot to lose. And I'm sure they're, they're learning a lot kind of as they're going as well. And then you have the likes of uh, Etihad, that Miles and Maul of Tanza, who are kind of working more on actually updating their existing programs and providing utility and access through those different uh, NFTs as well. But I think the, the core element is that there is this digital asset and then there is a community that can kind of be built around that asset. And it's interesting in those interactions, how does a program kind of leverage those, uh, those elements? Okay, so a question that, that has sprung to my mind is, just as is the case with electric vehicles, where new players have started with a blank canvas and arguably have stolen a, a march on traditional manufacturers who are encumbered by past ways of doing things. Is it easier for, for brands launching new loyalty programs to embrace Web3 than it is for brands with existing programs to leverage the, the benefits and the technology? 
Yes, I, I think it is. I think if you look at existing programs, they do have a yeah a legacy in terms of their infrastructure and their plumbing, and that simply isn't true for someone who just rocks up themselves, whether that's an individual or whether that is a new business as well. So I think there's a lot of, let's say, competitive advantage in the networks and the the partnerships that have been developed off-chain by some of these programs. And the idea of then moving all those automatically on-chain doesn't really, you know, that case doesn't really stack up for them, especially when you think that they're then on a, a more level playing field with some of the other uh, guys as well. So, but the idea of starting from scratch, you know, not having all of these systems and knowing that some very basic operations are just part of the protocol, the transferring of of assets, you know, those things um, to build on top of is a is a great advantage for new startups. On a similar thread, then, does Web three bring loyalty within reach of smaller brands? or even personal brands. And I want to bring in your, your personal experience here of, of buying a Damien Hurst piece of art via NFT. Is it transforming the loyalty landscape in that respect? Yeah, so I think, you know, it can almost come down to what do you even think is a loyalty program or an engagement program? You know, how do you build this culture and this community? So to start with, you know, there's always been customers that are passionate and will refer their friends to the brand or will talk, make impassioned speeches about why you should be buying this brand or values that are attached to this brand. And it's, you know, the difference now is maybe a little bit more that some of those things are a bit more trackable or measurable because you're creating new communities that maybe weren't so, weren't existing before. And that, I mean, although there are lots of Damien Hurst fans, there wasn't really a central point that those communities could engage around. And with the likes of some of the NFT art and the projects that he's done, yes, it then enables a gated area for those holders of that project to actually come together and communicate in a digital space. But actually, you know, just a couple of weeks back, I attended an event where we actually saw a, a new NFT WTF film, which um, you know, was just one of the benefits that they were going to put on for their holders. Early access to watch that film, wined and dined, um, and some free merchandise as well. So some linking in some of those physical experiences along with, with the digital as well. So it's really the idea of, of community outside of a, a formal loyalty program that's that's interesting as well. But it doesn't mean that you can't also layer on a, a loyalty program as well. It's just the passion and the energy that's within that community is something you want to harness, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a, an earning or accrual event to drive some of that positive behavior. Great. So flipping the, the discussion on its head, uh, moving to the risk side of things, what additional risks does Web3 heighten when it comes to loyalty? So I think there's probably many risks that can be talked about. Some of them are, you know, perceived risks and those risks don't really materialize or some of those risks have been uh, kind of redundant now as well. I think for a long time, people were thinking that the environmental concerns of NFTs were a reason not to get involved. And despite technology advances that now makes that not really a concern, certainly the wider public would still kind of flag that as one of the risks. And I'm sure 
CEOs or you know, certain managers in a in a business would go, oh, but what about the environmental impact? The reality is that risk isn't there because there are solutions to that. But then, you know, we've also seen you know, FTX and crypto exchanges blow up and it's like, well, what does this mean? And you know, th- there's no doubt that there are fraudulent actors in the space, but it's a bit unfair to kind of think that actually just because there are bad actors in the space that automatically this whole space is, is, is like that. So I'd more focus on the risks that are directly associated with the things that you want to do, which essentially means the digital assets that you're now creating for these communities, what's the risk that's created by that, that asset? And I think one of the interesting um, things that we're seeing at the moment is a lot of those people in those communities are actually more of a more like speculators and similar to some of the stocks and shares the manipulation that you may see there so if your community is is not really very brand focused and is actually looking to you know essentially treat it as an investment and generate revenues from it then what they're incentivized to do is really increase the value of that asset and then sell it and those sort of things are, are quite negative for for your customers. You can imagine that if someone really wanted to be a part of that brand, bought in at a high price and then sees that price crash, then you know they've obviously lost lost money there. So it's, there's an element of around the speculation and the value of that asset. But we're also seeing that there's almost an expectations gap and a challenge for the projects and the programs to actually deliver their roadmap or deliver what they've said and Again, if you're really keen on the piece of art or you're really aligned with the the community, then actually that's you know it's easier to take whereas mistakes happen whereas if you're seeing it as a <laughs> you're looking to make money from this thing, then you're much more likely to kind of i guess trash the project or be frustrated and upset by it and you know you see even with with the likes of Starbucks, their original launch token that they had the holiday stamp. You know that's been trading around a thousand dollars, but that you know that price is set by those individuals, and there's been around two hundred transactions. That's not really representative of a market price. So anyone that's kind of buying into it, you know, any of those Starbucks collectors who are buying that stamp now, is there real value in that stamp? Maybe there is a provenance in the fact that it's the first stamp, but potentially, you know, there isn't much value there. And as that price drops, maybe you see that people get a bit disenfranchised and there's some reputational risk attached to that as well. From an airline perspective, who often talk about their loyalty program as one of their biggest assets, how will Web3 and giving people, communities, control of their assets impact that value and, and how the program as a whole is, is looked at? Yeah, that's interesting. So I guess there are assets that are for the customer and then there's the asset that's the program itself you may believe that customers that benefit from those those assets from the program would also go on and spend more and become more loyal which would ultimately generate more profit for the program which essentially builds that asset value so i think they can be linked in that way you also you know there are some interesting economic models associated with some of those assets that get given to customers. If you look at sort of what Nike does with some of their exclusive drops, there's only 
couple of hundred of these particular shoes that are available and they know that you know they're not going to price them at crazy prices they're going to price them at normal prices and knowing that that secondary market which you know marks them up by 10x but that benefit accrues directly to those individual customers doesn't accrue directly to the program or the brand itself but you can imagine that that ecosystem of people wanting to be involved in it and valuing that brand then generates additional revenues and additional value back to that brand so it's an interesting concept of the asset value and the value that accrues to the customer and also whether directly or indirectly the appreciation and the value of the program asset excellent thanks for that rob so to wrap up the conversation what are your key takeaways for loyalty program owners what would you recommend people do now with web3 and how can loy logic help you know it's a good time to be building and experimenting you know there's a phrase of building in the bear market i think it's much lower risk despite there being risks out there than it was before because the attention isn't really on this space i do feel we're moving towards a bit more momentum and possibly a second cycle but at this point at the moment certainly in the nft space there's enough room for you to trial and experiment without there being too much risk and as long as you understand if you are releasing an asset and the the utility associated with that asset as long as you understand some of those potential reputational risks or unexpected consequences some of those things then i do think it's it's a relatively safe time to be testing and certainly if you're not prepared to test or you don't feel you have enough understanding then i think it's a good time to be learning as well and normally learning via doing is is a good step as well so setting up your own crypto wallet looking to purchase currency and and transact in those currencies that sort of stuff just sets you in a good stead gives you a good perspective of kind of this space and of course you know some of those things are going to be new or confusing for people and i think that's really kind of where we can help you understand maybe some of those risks some of those opportunities and see whether a, a kind of a web free strategy makes sense for for your brand brilliant thanks rob lots to think about there and, and clearly you're very passionate and, and absolutely they're there to help people so uh, yeah and no doubt we'll cover more in future episodes definitely yeah so much more to cover um but yeah thanks for having me austin ah, pleasure thanks rob Hey, so thanks so much for listening to the Loy Logic podcast. Now you'll find more great insights and helpful content about global loyalty and reward solutions at loylogic.com. There you'll also find a transcript of this podcast. Further episodes of our podcast will be added to all of the usual podcast channels. And if you have a topic that you would like us to cover or a question you would like to ask, don't hesitate to get in touch via loylogic.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to welcoming you back soon.